Hey guys, Darren Bentley here. And before we get started, I wanted to make a special announcement. We have officially opened registration for the Private Money Conference, which is a three-day live event where you will learn directly from Jay and his team how to raise thousands of dollars in private money to fund all of your real estate deals. Now, in today's changing market, more and more people are losing out to other investors because most of those investors have the cash to fund these deals. Did you know that you are missing out on 87% of the real estate deals out there because you don't have access to private money? Sadly, most real estate investors don't even know this is the reason why they continue to lose deal after deal. And with everything that's happening in the market today, you absolutely need every advantage available to you. And having access to unlimited amounts of private money is your big advantage. So to register for this live event, head over to jconnor.com forward slash event. Again, that is jconnor.com, J-A-Y-C-O-N-N-E-R.com forward slash event, where you will be able to lock in your seat for this live in-person three-day event, which takes place June 12th, 13th, and the 14th in beautiful North Carolina. But you got to be fast because there are a limited number of seats, and when they are gone, they're gone. So again, to take advantage of this incredible event and to learn how to raise all the private money you'll ever need directly from Jay Connor and his team, head over to jayconnor.com forward slash event. Again, that is jayconnor.com, J-A-Y-C-O-N-N-E-R.com forward slash event. Now let's get into today's episode. Oh my lands, here we are live with another episode for you today, and I'm so excited to have you join us. I'm Jay Connor, your host, also known as the Private Money Authority, and wow, have I got some exciting guests on the show today. You need to put your seatbelts on to hear this story. Uh, their names are Banjo and Erica. They're from Mississippi, and uh, they came into my world about a year and a half ago. And wow, have things taken place in the past year and a half. They had begun uh, real estate investing a little bit prior to us meeting each other. But um, once we met at uh, one of my recent live events, um, boy, did they put their program on steroids. They've, uh, I'll let them tell you how much private money they've raised. It's a lot of money. Um, Banjo uh, was actually able to uh, retire from his day job. Um, a, a short while after us becoming, uh, uh, beginning to work together and, um, they were doing all kinds of deals. And so we've invited them to join us to talk about uh, one or two of their recent deals that they're doing there in Mississippi and uh, how it is that private money is playing into those deals. And so with that, I want to welcome to the show, Banjo and Erica. Welcome. Hey, Jay, how you doing? I am doing fantastic. Now, what room are you broadcasting from there in your house? This is our. This is where all the magic happens. This is the office. <laughs> that is awesome. That is awesome. Well, thank you all for taking the time to come on. Um, the uh, The listeners are going to just love your story. And so let's just jump right into it. So first of all, how did you get involved in real estate investing to start with? Uh, where did the interest come from? And how did you start back? And back when did you start? It was about 2008. Uh, we were looking for a new house and 
when, when I was at the railroad, uh, somebody was saying, hey, won't you talk to Jeff, uh, one of my really good friends and uh, mentors, Jeff Gonzalez, was a realtor. And, and so I, at this time, we weren't super tight, but I contacted him and I said, hey, uh, Jeff, I'm looking to buy a new house. I'm wondering if you can help me out. Uh, and so he said, yeah. Well, he said, but let me ask you a question. What are you going to do with the house you have right now in Algiers? I said, well, I don't know. I thought thought about selling it. He said, you ever thought about just turning it into a rental, maybe even getting your realtor's license? And he started talking a little bit about real estate and knowing that they have a lot of uh, wealthy individuals that started out in real estate or definitely invest in real estate. I was interested in it. And then from there, it really just mushroomed and, and, and blew up into something. Uh, and we've been we've been chasing it ever since. So that's that's how we got started, though. My friend Jeff kind of talked me into turning that first house that I owned into a rental when we moved out. So Erica, what did you think about this idea of when uh, Banjo first started talking about this real estate investing thing? Oh, I wanted nothing to do with it. Real estate wasn't interesting to me. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, well, why, why didn't you want anything to do with it? I mean, what, uh, were you uh, skeptical about part of it or something? I was very skeptical. Um, it all, well, when he first started being a realtor, you know, you have all these contracts and you got to read all the fine print. And I just, I didn't know enough about it to, for it to really be exciting. I got you. I got you. So uh, when you started out, um, uh, what were some of your early struggles and challenges uh, that you faced? I did it all wrong. <laughs> I did it all wrong. Uh, I I guess the main challenge I would say, because I started out as a landlord, like a lot of people do, and didn't really read any books about it. We just were going off of what people would tell us, you know, what we're supposed to be doing. And of course, you got your own opinions when people start telling you what to do. But my main struggle was that I was a young guy. I was renting to seasoned renters. I was a brand new landlord and they were taking advantage of me left and right in the beginning. And it really took a long time for me to find my uh, my confidence in being able to treat people like they need to be treated as tenants and me uh, act like a land, like a true landlord. Uh, I'd let them walk all over me in the beginning. I think that would be one of my main challenges. Um, I guess second in line would be the procrastination, doing it wrong, uh, not not being professional, treating it as a hobby, not as a business, and so forth, so on like that. Um, I think another thing when we first started, we had the mindset of, uh, you know, you have to go through the bank. So yeah. we got the rental house. We were kind of maxed out on on how much money we can spend on how many loans we could get. Um, so we just thought we just had to do it that way. And then um, as we progressed, we started doing terms deals. And of course, we were limited with that because we didn't have the funds. Um, so those were some challenges. And and now that we have the private money, we're uh, we're rocking and rolling. Yep. That's awesome. So how did uh, your renters uh, take advantage of you starting out? Oh, man, they, they would just lie. Basically, they would lie. And uh, I had some tenants that lied to me until the day they moved out. You know, I showed up to go talk to them one day and they were and the neighbor said, man, they had a U-Haul in here last week. They're gone. I'm like, they're gone. They owe me three, four months of rent, you know, stuff like that. Uh, giving people the benefit of the doubt. And not that I still don't give people the benefit of the doubt, but of course I have standard operating procedures in place to protect me for, from, you know, tenants just living, living for free for months and months and months and months and then ghosting, ghosting me. You know what I mean? 
So right, uh, since then, right. though, we got we got a few holes. We don't have many holes. We're, right now, we're I'm starting to get put focus back on just normal rentals and or multiplexes. But uh, since then, we've gotten um, me and my my partner Jeff that I was just talking about actually just uh, purchased sixteen units. And I have uh, between me and Erica, we have the uh, eight units uh, multiplex as well. And we're looking to get some more single family homes to just hold as normal rentals instead of the lease purchases or MLS flips. Right, right. Erica, a moment ago, you mentioned that when you all started out, you did terms deals. Uh, What do you mean when you say terms deals? So um, almost if not all of our deals that we've done, we just simply took over the um, seller's mortgage. So uh, you would uh, take over the mortgage uh, and would you wouldn't assume the mortgage because the bank didn't have any kind of approval process, but you would just agree to start right. making their payments and then they would transfer the title or the deed uh, into your entity's name. Right. Yep. Yeah. A few of them were the working. subject. To- Sorry. Yeah, go ahead. The, but the, uh, there were a few like that with the strictly subject to where we basically just took over the notes. Sometimes we'd bring a, a thousand or a few thousand dollars to closing if we needed to. Others we took subject to with a larger owner owner finance portion. Like we might owe some people about thirty grand whenever we go to close this the deals out. Finally, when the when our lease purchase buyers buy the property, we owe the seller that extra. Uh, money and then some of them were some really nice strictly owner finance deals where the seller owned the property free and clear and decided to just owner finance the property to us interest uh interest free in some cases and 10 year balloons so it's really nice financing and then we we were finding some pretty good deals but there were a lot more deals uh that we had to pass up on simply because they needed the cash up front well and, and as the market got hot you got those deals were harder and harder to yeah. find we were calling FISBOs, all FISBOs for those deals. And the hotter the market got, they didn't need to talk to us. The FISBO <laughs> people didn't need to talk to us anymore. They can sell it. <laughs> right, right. So then um, you came to uh, one of my Private Money Academy conferences and um, you learned about private money. We started working together. So uh, what's changed in your world since then? Real quick, y'all, you guys already know that I don't run any ads on this and I don't sell anything. And so the only ask I can ever ask of you guys is that you help me spread the word so we can help more real estate investors make more money, feed their families, and have the private money they need to fund their deals. And the only way we can do that is if I ask you to rate and review and share this podcast. So the single thing that I ask you to do is you can just leave a review. It'll take you 10 seconds or one type of the thumb. It would mean the absolute world to me. And more importantly, it may change the world of someone else. Well, can I tell it, can I give a little color to that, to that first (laughs) event? You can give a little color, you can give any, you can paint it any color you want. (laughs) So Erica didn't want to go, first of all, and, and. I, I wanted her to end the business, <clears throat> and I knew that if she went to an event, because uh, I've been to several before, that she was going to buy in or at least see the light, see the potential of this real estate investing journey. And so I let her know, listen, this thing is going to be on the beach. It's <laughs> going to be nice. We're going to be in a very nice hotel. At the very least, just come on vacation with me. You know, you don't even have to do anything. And I said, I promise we're not going to. 
we're not going to buy into any programs. We're not doing anything. We're just going to learn some stuff about real estate. And so when we got there, you know, we got to the the live event and everything and all the, all the awesome speakers you got speaking the mindset stuff and really getting us motivated and fired up. And boy, we taking notes and we got us a game plan and a mission. But the thing that happened while we were there, even though we both made a pact with each other that we're not going to spend any money no matter what. It's like, you know, when you when you when you get so experienced in real estate and you go to an event like this and I just knew from everything uh, that I heard that this would 100 percent work, not to mention all of the other little perks that you have. I mean, it's just a, it's a no brainer. You make it so that it's it's a no brainer to do. Um, and so I knew in my heart of hearts and with all of my soul that we would not go wrong buying all into this thing. Problem is we made a pact with each other that we weren't going to do that. So now we had it. So I leaned over at some point during the event. I'm like, you know, we got to buy this. Right. And she's like, you know, so now we're now we're trying to figure out between us. And we were probably maybe one of the most skeptical ones of the of anyone that signed up. But we were the very last ones. I remember that uh, everybody was leaving, actually. And we were finally just uh, decided we were going to go ahead and sign up. And man, since then, uh, my gut proved to be right. Um you know, with your with the leadership that you have in place, uh, Crystal and Chaffee and, and Kelly and everybody else that help with the Platinum Plus programs, the instructional part, the mastermind part, the business building part, it really, really uh, just exponentially fast forwarded our business. And 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 uh, we took advantage of it. You know, I'm, I'm not saying it was easy by any means. It was it was hard. It's not easy to, to do to do what we, we were doing, but we definitely couldn't do it without you in the program. So we would greatly appreciate that. So, um, first of all, uh, let's make sure that um, our listener knows exactly what we're talking about. What is private money and what is it not? So private money is simply money that an individual like you or me or anybody else, everyday person lends to a real estate investor uh, in order to make high rates of return safely and securely. Um, so, so you're not doing example, business with banks. Correct. Not doing business with banks. We're not partnering. We're not JVing with them. The private lender acts in the same capacity as a bank would act and they're protected just like a bank's protected as well. And you're not borrowing hard money. No, sir. Not borrowing hard money. There's no middlemen, no extra fees. So where do you find these people? Uh, well, in our, in our, what's called the warm market people, we know, uh, friends, family, friends of friends. Um, and since joining the program, you know, we've learned that networking is one of the most, uh, underutilized tools in, in business today. So we have become networking experts. We love it. Uh, you know, we joined several groups and programs and stuff like the Rotary Club. Uh, I visited a few BNIs, uh, Business Networking Internationals. I've actually started a real estate and uh, investor association meetup in my hometown because uh, of y'all pushing me to do so. Um, we've also started up, I don't even think you know this, but we host a weekly networking group in, in our hometown now. And that's phenomenal. That's, that's getting legs real quick and it's, it's growing and everybody loves it so far. So yeah, networking 
uh, is very essential in business. And so that's basically how we get our private lenders. Um, we got a phenomenal private lender program. We mirrored it after after you, what you have going on in yours. And, you know, our private lenders love it. Well, I tell you what, Banjo and Erica, let's take a second and let's give away a free gift uh, to everybody that wants it. And that is, I just recently finished writing my new private money guide, which is called Seven Reasons Why Private Money Will Skyrocket Your Real Estate Business and Help You Build Incredible Wealth. You can download it for free at www.jayconner.com forward slash money guide. That's jayconner, J-A-Y-C-O-N-N-E-R.com forward slash money guide. And this will put you on the fast track to getting you more private money than you can actually spend and invest in your deals. Speaking of deals, Banjo and Erica, uh, would you share with, uh, with me and the audience a recent deal that you've done and what the numbers look like and how you found it and how you funded it? And, um, and, and the whole, and the whole story behind the deal. Sure. So I remember specifically, I was driving down highway 26 and I had, this is right before we hired our new newest acquisitionist. So I was taking all the phone calls and a band and we, we placed a bunch of bandit signs out, got a phone call from a gentleman on a bandit sign, asked me if we're the ones who buy the houses. I told him, yes, sir, we sure are. And he told me where the house was at. It was kind of on the way where I was headed. I was headed to the house. I said, I could take a little detour and be there in about 20 minutes if you'd like. Sure enough, he said, sure, let's do that. So we showed up at the house. We walked around, um, got a quick idea on what we would be looking at um, on repair wise. Not not a, not a sure concrete number, but I knew the ballpark where we were at. Um, now, you know, we don't like giving offers if we can help it. We would love the seller to let us know what they want us to buy the house for. And so I asked them and he, he said, I, I don't know, man, I'm just looking for an offer. Um, I, I learned a few techniques through the years. One of them that stuck with me, a few of them that stuck with me. Uh, one is, well, you know, you wouldn't put a, a car on Craigslist and not put a price. And so you want to sell this house just like as if you would want to sell a car. So give me a ballpark figure. What are you looking for? Uh, he was, he was adamant. He didn't want to tell me what the price was. And so that, that was okay though. And so later on, I, I asked them if it would be all right if, if he left the key under the mat, because he lived a little bit ways away from the house. It was a vacant house. Uh, his, his mother died about three years before, uh, before now. And, and he just decided he, he knew there had to be work done to it, but he didn't feel like doing the work. He was ready to just sell it, get the capital out of it and let somebody else do the work. So me and my project manager went in there. We got a good idea on what the repairs were going to be looking like. Um, and we knew where we needed to be on our numbers, but I wanted to know where he was at on his number. So I called him back and, I, and I, I said another little line that I learned. And it's basically tell me what your happy number is. What is going to make you smile at the end of the day? If I end up at the closing table and hand you a check for blank, what's that number? What's the number? I know you got a number in, in your head and his number was 60. So we ended up giving him 60, 60 K for the house. So you bought um, it for you bought it for sixty thousand. Yes, sir. Bought it for sixty thousand. Now this house is a four-two. It was a weird setup house that all the rooms kind of connected together. Um, you had to you walk through a bedroom into a closet, out of that closet into another bedroom, in, out of that bedroom to another bedroom. It, was, it, was, it made a horseshoe, like a U shape. Yeah. <laughs> 
And so we were having some ideas on what we were going to do to close off a closet and just make it a little bit more, more functional. Um, well, in doing that, we realized that, hey, we were looking at this house with about 1,858 square feet. That's where we, we ran our conservative numbers at. And we were right around 170, very conservative after repaired value of 170. I'm thinking 175, 180, still sort of conservative, but that's where we're at for our after repaired value on this house. We noticed uh, or we realized that we were, we were right at about a $35,000 budget for repairs. Those repairs uh, consisted of some soft spots in the floors, paint, some HVAC stuff. Speaking of HVAC, um, we wanted to add some square footage to the house. They closed in the carport. And so that was going to add, that was going to bump the total heated and cool square foot to about 2370, which would add roughly 50K to the price, to the uh, after repaired value. And so we talked to the HVAC guy. He put it, ended up putting a mini split in there, which as far as the appraisers are concerned, counts for heated and cooled area, not unlike a window unit. And so we ended up doing that along with all the other repairs and it added about 50K to our after repaired value. So that's where we ended up listing it for about 229.9 is when we decided to turn that, that space into heated and cooled. So uh, you've got it listed for 229.9 and it just hit the market, right? Just hit the market. Yeah. Yes, sir. And so uh, with the market as hot as it is, for all I know, you may get an offer above that. But let's just say you're at like 230 uh, for your uh, for your price and you bought it for 60 and um, you put 35 in it. That's 95 closing costs. Let's just put round figures, one hundred thousand dollars. So you're talking a gross profit of one hundred and thirty thousand less um, carrying costs, less less realtor fees. So even with that. You're going to be netting um, easily over a hundred thousand dollars on on this house. What did your bandit sign say, or what does your bandit sign say? It said, "Sell your house," and then in big letters it said "fast." Uh, it has a home. It has a phone number, and at the bottom it says something about you know avoid foreclosure, call call now, you know. And I was a little reluctant to put those bandit signs out, but quite frankly, I just went to the website where I got my bandit signs and I used the template they had. I, didn't, I changed nothing except the phone number. And uh, basically, I wanted to put a test out there because I designed my own with the red lettering and the bubble letters and, you know, this and that. And you're trying to make the perfect bandit sign. And I said, you know what, I'm just going to I'm going I'm to put these two up against each other and see if one wins the other one out, because this one says something specifically about foreclosure. This one doesn't. And you know, come to find out they do the same. It, mm -hmm. it doesn't, they call each sign just the same. And yes, I've had several people call the foreclosure bandit sign. That's not going through foreclosure. So, right. Right. So you, you, if you got a sign up there that says that you sell houses, people that have a house to sell are going to call it. Yeah. So you use private money to fund the deal. Um, yes, sir. and so how much private money did you borrow when you bought the house? Uh, 130,000. So you based so on probably, our conservative of 170 to 180. Right. Right. So, so, um, so you gotta, you gotta tell me something. You needed 60 yes, of that to buy it. You needed 35 of that to rehab it. That's 95, but you borrowed 130. So that sounds like about 35, 30 to $35,000 more than you needed to buy it and rehab it. So what'd you do with that 30 or $35,000 check that you brought home? 
Well, at the end of the day, I suppose we could do whatever we want with it. <laughs> but uh, we threw it in the bank. We threw it in the bank and we, you know, uh, basically threw it out there for unexpected. Uh, we always keep about 10 grand uh, when Murphy shows up in these houses, which he usually always does. But I'm telling you, we, we're about done with this project and we we um, estimated 35K in repairs. And my project manager, Caleb, did a wonderful job of hitting the nail right on the head. We're right at 35K. So phenomenal job there. But we did absolutely want to keep about 10 or 15 grand on the side for just things that might pop up that we were unaware of. But the other, you know, 10 or 15 K, you can really do what you want with it, you know? So, so how much of your own money did you take to the closing table? Zero. Zero. I, I, we don't, we don't take money. We don't take money to closings. We get money at closings. <laughs> so in other words, you get paid to buy houses. It feels very funny since we've got introduced to this world of private lending. It feels very, I feel like I got something taken from me when I have to go to a closing to buy a house <laughs> and bring money to the closing. That's a, that's just ridiculous. Exactly. That's like the, that's the, that's the wrong way to do it. So uh, you always yeah. borrow more than you need to buy it. Yeah. And even if there's rehab involved or not, uh, you always buy more than you need to buy it. You, you borrow more than you need on, on the rehab, but you still gave your private lender a nice equity cushion between how much you borrowed, oh, yeah. which was, um, what'd you say? 130 and the conservative value of 170, 180,000. But now you're probably going to sell it for 230. So it's a win, win, win all around. You're going to make a boatload of money. The seller was happy. He got his, he got his happy dollar and, um, and your private lenders happy because they're getting paid high rates of return. And, um, yep. and then, you know, you got your project manager and then you got your subs, so you got a lot of people winning out of this deal. Absolutely. And, and, and you know, I learned that lesson the hard way um, going against what y'all teach, borrow, you know, more than you need all the time. And with me and Erica's conservative ways on one of the first deals that we ended up doing, we didn't want to borrow over leverage, you know, so forth, so on. Uh, but that ended up biting us in the butt because Murphy showed up with all his cousins, all his family, they had the camper and everything. And now we're pulling money out of our own pockets when we could have easily borrowed more money in the beginning and would have had a nice uh, cushion and still protect the private lender as well. You know, with the, with the 25% equity cushion that we give all of our private lenders, they could have still been protected, but me and Erica wouldn't have had to come out of our pocket with our own money. So yeah, definitely. Uh, after that, we always borrow uh, more than we need in case something pops up like that. That's awesome. So how much uh, private money have you all raised so far approximately since you started raising a private money? About, yeah, I think we're up to about a little over a million, 1.1. A little over a million dollars. And that's like within what, about a year and a half or so? About a year, a year and a half. half. That's awesome. That's awesome. Um, you've probably lost count of this, but you know, on approximate equity or profit uh, that you've done uh, in the past year and a half? Um, it's going to be count. Well, if we count the 16 units, I mean, when, when we're done with those 16 units that we bought with Jeff, that's going to be a million dollars in equity in itself. Nice. Um, when we've done the rehab and that. So, um, and we actually used the private money from, from our business to, to help fund the deal. That's why Jeff ended up calling us because we were uh, at a fishing camp having some, some 
good old fun. And we were talking about this deal coming up. And he said, man, I just I'm trying to get this deal funded, trying to get this deal funded. I said, man, you know, you're talking to the private money authority down here in the South. <laughs> I use your line, you know, and, and we laughed. He knows I was kidding. And uh, and he said, no, seriously, though, what do you think you can do? I said, well, let's get it done. So we needed uh, we needed like six hundred and fifty thousand. And I made it happen within a week and a half, I believe, uh, with some private money that we had sitting on a shelf uh, and some others that we we rustled up. So was, that's that's how we ended up going in partnership with him on that deal there. That is awesome. So um, when you're talking with a new first of all, your private lenders that you borrow money from, uh, had any of your private lenders ever loaned money out to other real estate investors before they started doing business with you? No, sir. So also no. you, so how do you get people to loan money to you and they've never loaned money to a real estate investor before? I mean, are you, chasing, well, are you begging? Are you selling? How no, you no, begging? no. What, what I'm, what I'm doing is I'm presenting an opportunity for someone who is having a hard time finding a place to allow their liquid capital or their retirement accounts to grow for them. Of course, with high rates of return. But I think the main sticking point in this economy, especially right now, is the safe and secure part. And they love the safe and secure part. They can see me shake my hand. They can go ride by the house if they want. They, 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 they know that they can count on me. But what they really love is the fact that they're on a deed of trust or a mortgage and they're protected. Their note's protected by the actual piece of real estate. So that really helps them to understand that, hey, this is the real deal. You know, I'm, I, they're not just loaning me money, just kind of giving it to me and hoping they get their capital back. At the very least, they're going to get a piece of property out the deal if something goes south, you know. So you're not borrowing unsecured money. You're borrowing money that is actually backed by the real estate that you're buying. Yes, sir. Yep. And I also have to throw in there, I did have uh, one private lender actually that I met through our local gym that we go to, um, just approached him and uh, told him, you know, a little bit about what we do. And, and he was interested because the stock market's volatile and he pulled the, he pulled his money out of the stock market that he wanted to pull out. And uh, since working with us, making a much more safe and secure high rate of return, but uh, he was involved. He was a little bit skeptical because he was involved with a REIT before. And he said that he put about $20,000 into a REIT and three months later, it lost 20% or something like that. And so that has to do with real estate. And those things are advertised kind of backed by real estate and everything, too. So I had to explain to him that this this private lending program that we got is, is, a, is a bit different than one of those. Uh, okay. Whereas your entity, whoever's loaning the money is going to be put on the actual deed of trust. They're listed as a mortgagee on the hazard insurance. They're on additional insured on the title insurance. They got the promissory note and everything's recorded at the courthouse. So super protected, just like, like a bank would be. That's awesome. Well, you know, you all, um, you all are becoming very, very quickly seasoned real estate investors, but I know you remember what it was like when you were brand new. So what advice, what's the best advice or two or three pieces of advice you would give a newbie that's looking to still do their very first real estate deal? What would be your advice to them given your experience? Find someone that has the heart of a servant that's been through the fire already, 
that will be willing to help you get through the fire. Because even with the best coaches in the world, you're still going to go through some fire. You're, you know, um, it's going to be hard. But that would be my number one piece of advice is to find somebody that you can have coach you or mentor you through your first couple of deals. Yeah. What, what comes to your mind, Erica? Yeah, um, I think you definitely didn't definitely need a coach or a mentor. But um, as far as private money goes, I think that one of the hardest things for me to realize in the beginning was that I wasn't begging anybody for money. I wasn't trying to sell anything. I'm just trying to educate people. And we're really, when you realize how much you're helping your private lenders, um, we have one that she looks forward to her monthly check. She lives off of it. And her liquid capital isn't diminishing like it was before she's keeping it the same and right. when you just realize how much of a difference you're making in people's lives it it changes your confidence level and it just ups your game and, and helps you become that much more successful that's awesome well i'm so proud of you guys i mean you all are just knocking it out of the park there in mississippi and um thank you so much for taking the time to come on uh, today and share your story it was an absolute pleasure, brother. Appreciate the invite. Yes, sir. Thank you. All right. Thank you, Banjo. Thank you, Erica. Well, there you have it. Another episode of an amazing show, an amazing story. I'm Jay Connor of the Private Money Authority. And I tell you what, I just really, really need your help. I really appreciate the likes, the shares, the subscribes, uh, the uh, five stars and the reviews. Uh, and if you happen to be watching on YouTube, be sure and click or tap that bell so you don't miss out on any notifications on our upcoming episodes. So there you have it. I'm Jay Connor, wishing you all the best. Here's to taking your real estate investing business to the next level. And we'll see you right here on the next show.